You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano, host of Locked On Rays on the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. You can find Locked On Rays on Himalaya, Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Rays. Well, Ulysses, I want to mention this before we get into today's main segment, which is the most untouchable player that we think is on the Rays roster. In other words, a uh, team is calling, making a trade proposal, and we're Eric Neander. We're part of the front office and say, okay, you can have everybody but this guy or that guy. Right. Or one. It might be one guy. It might be two guys. Hey, it might be five guys. But this guy, we are not trading him under any uncertain terms, basically. Yeah, basically you're Wander Franco in the, in the major leagues. Exactly. And that that is a caveat is we're not – including prospects it's the guy a guy on the 40-man roster because right. otherwise it'd be a quick segment wander franco we're not <laughs> yeah, trading him as of yet <laughs> it would ha- it would have to be a whole whole heck of a lot for that to yeah. happen but uh actually two things i want to mention first off so yesterday we were talking about um penalties that we think could be or should be levied to the boston red sox and the houston astros after the cheating scandals have broken and new revelations came out about the Red Sox cheating for uh, not one but a second time. And the Astros, what we did, what they did obviously was uh, very egregious and totally against the rules. Um, and I mentioned that they, both those franchises, should have either a one or a two year postseason ban. Mm-hmm. And you kind of brought up the point or the question, well, why even play the season? And that is a, a good question and a good point. And again, I don't think this is going to happen. I'm just saying if right. MLB wants to make a statement, they they want to be heavy-handed, they want to send a message, that would be a way to do it. But I put it like this. Okay, start of every baseball season, by the time you get to May, June, I mean, there's at least a half a dozen, 10 teams that – they know they have no shot of making the playoffs or going to the playoffs because they're True. tanking or they're not going to be very good. And they they look at the standings and say, well, we're just going to have to play out the schedule and, and try to do our best here. And But they're still making money. They're still making revenue. And that's the whole point of having this sport and having sports in general and having these franchises is obviously right. you'd like to win, win championships and make it to the playoffs and appease the fan base, but also making money. And that's why, okay, the Astros and Red Sox – I would still, if I was the commissioner, I would still levy a big fine against them and probably add in some suspensions to the front office and managerial and coaching staff. But uh, with the postseason ban, you still get to play the 162 games. You still get to keep a majority of that revenue and that income you're drawing in. You're just not going to miss. You're you're just not going to play for a title that year or those two years. And that just kind of takes the the taste out of the 162 games out. Um, I don't think that it would be an impossible thing to to be able to do in some sort of league. I don't think MLB is this kind, is the kind of league that would push for that. I agree. But would you still have the same revenue coming in from Astros fans going to see a team that 
even though it could be the best team they've ever seen, will never get to the postseason that year or the following year. Like, would it, would there still be the same enthusiasm behind to push more money, to buy more jerseys, to oh, buy all of this? Probably not, but that is then but don't it cheat. still would be don't cheat. Uh, so much money that yeah they'd be okay with it they, yeah. they it's still i mean they would still be making money at the end of yeah. the day people would still they be would. going to baseball games and still want to see the excitement of altuve and bregman and and justin verlander and all these guys you still get to see those guys for 162 games or 81 home games you're just not going to play for a couple weeks in october in early november or whatever it is and I think that's the that, hey you cheat you cheat yeah. that's what happens I think it's a fantastic you shouldn't thing have to cheated. do as a statement. Yeah. Yeah. You shouldn't have cheated. Uh, I think it's a fantastic thing to do as a statement. I wish MLB would be a little bit more uh, gutsy, if yeah. not another word, and, and uh, to, to in order to actually do this. But it's one of the big boys. I know. I, and, and people may say, okay, well, if they win the division, what do you do? Or right. they win the wild, you just go to that next team down. Exactly. And then that's how you would do it from there. Yeah. So who in the uh, AL West would be second in that division? Or I think the people in Oakland would be really happy about that. Probably a little bit, I would say. And the Rays, you would get you would get a small market team in there and, and they wouldn't yeah. have to do the, the wild card thing. They'd probably like to not have to play the Rays uh, in the postseason again in the wild card like game, which that, certainly yeah. could happen next season. It could very easily be another Oakland Ray's showdown for, for sure. sure but that i just want to kind of clarify and no, i like that i mean I, I understand your point and it's good i know and, that uh, our our buddy with locked on astros isn't a big fan of it and <laughs> no. i'm not sure if we have a locked on red sox host yet but, but again that's so, yeah. again if, if you're a fan i get it if that's your team you you don't want to see your team miss the postseason but yeah. you really want to send a message and you want to rob manfred says he's not playing around Okay, here we go. I think go. this is a fantastic way to send a message. I don't think it's the only one. Okay. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of different things that are going to happen. And I mean, it again, has to be a combination package, though. I mean, this th- these punishments have to be fines to the organizations, fines to the people that did. How much of a fine do you think it should be? I It should be enough that they, you know, like when um, when a player gets... Uh, ejected they usually have to because they yell something at the umpire they probably have to like pay a fine of like two thousand dollars or a thousand dollars and they usually just don't give that money to charity or whatever it shouldn't be something that the player just scoffs at and is willing to curse out the umpire in the next two weeks so it should make a statement to the franchise make a statement so the the franchise is literally is hurt so tens of millions of dollars or at least maybe an arbitrary like you know what uh the qualifying offer was around seventeen million dollars. Well, that's the cheating is going to cost you at least one player. Like okay, seventeen million dollars. I got you. You have to find a barometer. Te- Something that doesn't say, "Oh, we're just it's okay, it's under the rug." Something that hurts ten percent of your payroll that year, or something like that. I don't know how much the percentage is, but it should be a, a something that people will be like, "Wow, okay, they're, they're really taking this seriously." And I and I think it, it, it would be multiple millions in order for people to think it's serious and with the organization not to the not to the players right and with suspensions to okay we would assume that aj hinch and possibly some of the front office type the people that really were on the inside and knew about it and and kind of orchestrated the whole thing and ownership and everything like that as far as players so they're going along with the plan 
Okay. And Alex Bregman and uh, Jose, Alde, how far do you go? Do you suspend think, everybody that was on that roster? Do you do it? Because if you do, I mean, you could do it in stages where, right. you know, Alex Bregman gets a, a five-game suspension for this week. Next week, it's, yep. it's, Next or it's week two is guys Springer. or something yeah, like that. Springer, yeah. I mean, I, I think you can do that. But uh, what I'm more, you know, I uh, – enthused about the prospect of seeing it is is the managerial punishment or the bench coach uh, punishment because the players get 50 game suspensions for doing for for cheating by using hdh by using steroids by if using, not more uh, right yeah. 50 games at least the first time 80 games the next one and then it's like lifetime bam i, I believe yeah well Let's use that fifty game suspension on also bench uh, bench coaches and and managers that that are willing to cheat. Just right. I mean, there is no. Why do we say that it's illegal to use these steroids, these HGHs? Is because it's cheating. You're getting integrity of the game advantage. Yes. exactly. Integrity of the game. You are. That's not gamesmanship. That's flat out cheating and that's breaking cheating. the rules. Right. There's rules. You're breaking them. You're a cheater. That's why there's suspensions for the steroids. Now, they also were told don't use video in order to get an advantage on the other team. Written out in italics, yeah. There was a, yeah, there was a law. They broke it. They cheated. They were okay with cheating. Even if you didn't know that you were using a cream that could make you feel better, just like Sheffield did or many other people that might be doing it right now, they don't know, unknown, unbeknownst to them. Right. Cora knew. AJ Hinch knew. And a lot of other coaches knew what was going on 10 feet, 15 feet away from their dugout steps. So, yes, that's cheating. You need to hand them a 50 game suspension. It goes to the top. At the end of the day, it's the guys at the top yeah. who are responsible and responsible also. What's, what's for going what the on in your clubhouse? What's going on in your clubhouse? Yeah. Aren't managers reprimanded because there are fights? Or something like that, uh, uh, disagreements in the clubhouse, which obviously happen. These are grown men that are together for seven, eight months uh, of the year. Yeah. Obviously, you know, tempers are going to flare with the egos and all that. But ultimately, it's the manager that gets, you know, uh, at fault by, by, by ownership, by management uh, in, in the upper escalons of, of the organization. So these I, are the guys that have to be reprimanded. Absolutely. And the thing is, if they get reprimanded, it's not like players who can appeal they're, they don't have a, a manager's union. You get a, you're slapped with a 50-game suspension. That's what you get. You absolutely have to serve it. <laughs> Your appeal has been the last four months okay, of their investigation. Their investigation is, it has been thorough. I, 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 believe I, read, uh, I believe I read this article that said they've combed through 76,000 emails. My Lord. Have you even sent 76,000 emails? No. No. Were they on a hidden server or something or what, what's going on there? <laughs> Hello. Okay. I had to throw that out there. Um, okay. You know what? I, I, do you think Alex Cora, I'm not sure if he's come out and commented. I haven't followed it like that closely where I'm reading right. every Alex Cora related article, but I wonder if he's playing dumb here. Like, oh, I didn't know it was against the rules. Like it's one of those things with the Rays we're yeah, like, it, oh, can the Rays do that? Are they allowed to do that? And it takes them 25 what? minutes to figure Double out. Switch? What yeah. is this? Oh, can he play I, dumb? I don't know. Like, you know. I mean, I'm sure he is. And, and and anything that I've seen from the investigation, not only from Cora but from AJ Hinch, as part is that 
we cannot comment on that. MLB is doing their investigation. Uh, we, I, I, I have no comment for that. And, you know, we're, we're going to hear that until MLB uh, sends out their, their sentence, which – and their findings, which should come uh, before January is yeah. out. How about this? Okay, if not a postseason ban, then something that hurts the team hard enough that makes it to where making the playoffs is very, very, very difficult, whether it's through those player suspensions and through suspending A.J. Hintz, something that'll take so much of a hit that they might not even make the playoffs or they might just make the wild card. Exactly. That's what I mean. It has to be a combination package. It has to be you hit the organization you uh, financially, you hit the members that were involved in, in, in the dugout financially and you serve suspensions to the coaches and managers that knew about what was going on and if the play if you want to suspend the players hey that's going to be a little bit more difficult but you can do it also the draft picks maybe they have to pay the luxury tax even if they uh, for the next two years even if they don't go yeah. through the luxury tax that's just something it's a toll that they have to pay, pay no matter what how many draft picks uh, would you say i mean would it be a couple eight you're, you lose your first round in compensation draft picks if you have any for oh, three years, I'm, five years, or I'm going more. Okay, I'm, I, I'm saying for the next uh, say two years, you have no draft picks. Whatsoever. Oh, none whatsoever. Okay, none. You and those, those, draft those draft picks are just spread out to other teams. Exactly. Next team over. Next. Team I like over. that. Hey, again, no draft picks for the next two years. That's it. Or for this year, like that, that would, that would, that seems like a statement more than you lose your first round, your, your, your first round pick. Like, yeah, I can see it, but I mean, like one year, I mean, you, Hey, there's years where you don't have any major leaguers that you draft. Exactly. That it, it can be such a crapshoot. It's not like the NBA or NFL draft where you got to use those players for next year. I mean, you're relying on those players for the next year, basically. And, and this is a team along with the Red Sox that have money. So it's not like, you know, they're going to be like, Oh man, how are we going to, uh, get some more talent. You buy them like you have been. Okay, mm-hmm. you you got Zach Greinke as a trade deadline acquisition. Justin Verlander. I mean, like, <laughs> uh, you're, you're playing in a different type uh, 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 of level than other teams are. Than 25 other teams. Yes, uh, I would like to elect Ulysses Zambrano as MLB commissioner effective today. <laughs> can we do that? Can I can I do like a grassroots campaign job. and get something going? That'd be I'd nice. Take that job or When's special advisor. Yeah, I don't know. I God, it seems like he's entrenched in for a while and he's doing he's doing some goofy things. I'll just say that. Yeah. Um, OK, coming up next, we'll have at least one of our most untouchable player picks. Probably go with yours. Probably save mine for Friday as a little <laughs> teaser. Just going to throw that go. out there. We'll talk about that next. OK, Ulysses, before we get to um, our untouchable player or most untouchable player, on the Rays, we'll, we'll probably be continuing that discussion tomorrow. We also had a poll question on Twitter and some comments that we'll get to as well. Uh, I do want to mention this. One of my, if you remember about a couple weeks ago, a month ago, we had our free agent wish list. One of my guys on my free agent wish list is no longer available as a free agent. He is signed. And that is one former Ray mm-hmm. catcher. Robinson Chirinos, who signed with the Texas Rangers for $5.75 million in 2020 with a club option for 2021. To me, that doesn't seem like a whole huge lot of investment for basically an 800 OPS guy that's going to get you 17 to 18 homers a year 
and knock in 20 doubles uh, and a guy that uh, would definitely boost up your offense. So with that said, the catcher market is definitely thinning, if not completely emaciated as of right now for the Rays. In 2019, in 114 games, his WRC Plus was 113. 17 home runs, like you said. Yes, his K rate is a little bit high, 28.6%. But his walk rate is almost 12%. Uh, He was a 2.3 war player. Uh, Defensively, baseball reference has him as a 1.7. So this guy's not a one-trick pony. He can handle himself with the bat, obviously, and he can also handle a pitching staff well. Well enough uh, that he's making, I mean... A one-year, basically one-year, $6 million deal flyer on this guy who, you, who you've had in your organization before. Who, Yes, he's 35 years old, but based on what he's done the last three or four years, you know you can rely on this production. It's not like a Mike Zanino scenario where... Oh, he had 20 home runs and batted 250 with Seattle this year, this one year, and then the next year he totally flopped, and then it's up and down like you have with a lot of catchers. Chirinos, you know he's going to bring it to the table, even if he's on his last leg now, and also in a part-time role, which you which he can handle. In what world is Robinson Chirinos, with the production on both sides of the ball, worth only $2 million more than Mike Zunino? Or... Should I should the question be if Chirinos is worth six plus million dollars a year, how can Mike Zunino be worth only two million dollars less? Like one does not compute. Mm-hmm. One is out of order. And and I think I know which one is. <laughs> I think it was one of those things where at the time the Rays were like, hey, we can't promise that we're going to be able to sign one of the, these free agents. And who's to say that Robinson Torino's even wanted to come back to Tampa Bay? Maybe. But on the surface, it doesn't look that great. It looks like we could have had Robinson Torino's for, what, $2 million more and have gone from there. And that's, I, I'm guessing that Rangers offer was the best offer because you talk about – we talk about how bad Mike Zanino was at hitting last year. The Rangers, literally all their catchers – were disastrous. They had a, a combined 193, 241, 298 slash line. All their catchers together. You, you basically wow. had I, were their pitchers batting at the catcher yeah, like, position. Like what is going on here? So they, they had Mike Zunino's blindfolded. Yes. Too. So um, with that said, pretty much there's not a lot of attractive options left, if any, on I, the free agent catcher market. Grandall's gone. Torinos is gone. Darno's gone. Alex Avila is gone. Jason Castro just signed. Stephen Vogt. Yeah. I basically I mean, seen I see two names. I see Russell Martin, who's 37 and can get on base. And I see Josh Fegley, who can hit homers, has some pop, can drive in runs. Uh yeah, he batted 239, 240 last season, but he only gets on base 28% of the time. Which is basic, just slightly better than Mike Zanino. So you're you're taking a bit. You basically you're just getting another Mike Zanino. No, pretty stop. much. Yes. Like, look, I said this a month and a half ago, maybe <laughs> even two months ago. The Rays by signing Mike Zanino basically said, "We don't care. We are starting this. Our plan was having Zanino and Perez in 2019. That turned out to uh, not happen. 
But in 2020, this is our plan. Zunino and Perez. And yes, we're going to have to say that we're looking for a catcher just because it would look awful if to, uh, to our fandom if we say that we're not looking for an improvement out of that catastrophically horrific season at the plate that Zunino had. But if you sign a guy like Zunino after that type of season for $4.5 million... Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not going to be looking for another catcher. This, I mean, It's the death sentence. Mike Zunino is going to be the <laughs> opening day catcher for the Tampa Bay Rays, and he will see about 100, 110 games of action. They, they must know something that we don't know. I know he had an injury it's, it's, earlier it's a betting in the move. year. Yes. It's a betting move. How bad can he get worse than what he did this year? And they're saying, no, he can't. He can only improve. So if he improves... Hey, maybe instead of nine bombs, he hits 15 bombs. Hey, instead of 30, 30 RBIs, maybe he hits 50. He gets 50 RBI. Who knows? Yeah, it's it's tough and it's frustrating. And as much as I think Rays fans would love for them to make a blockbuster trade for, say, Wilson Contreras, I think that also is kind of a pie-in-the-sky scenario. Again, I'm, I'm going to... Scream it till the cows come home. Williams asked to Dio. That's the move Love right it. there. Williams asked to Dio. He can catch and he doesn't strike out. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Yes. And he can play literally every position on the planet. It gives you a flexibility. It's just a, such a race type move. And the twins, they didn't, they, they've underutilized him or they haven't utilized him it's up like to what he Diaz. Could. Pretty it's much. It's like a Yandy yeah. Diaz. The, the, you can see the. The talent, but he's being, you know, blocked. the Twins have a lot of good players. I mean, that's yeah, they've got a lot a good of good organization. Yeah, just saying. So you're, we're putting a prop bet here. You yeah. say it's Mike Zanino and Michael Perez enter the season as the I've, opening day catchers. I've thought that this was going to be the plan since November 10th, and I will not change my mind until I see somebody with a jersey saying, "Hey, I've been signed for the race." I'm going to say they make a move. If, at this point, it probably will not be a free agent. Looking at the list, you've got a lot of negative war players. Okay, yeah. if you want to go get Nick Hunley and, and Matt Wieters, go knock yourself out. I wouldn't. But I, I do think they will add a third guy. And that does not include I hope so. R- Ronaldo Hernandez. He is not ready yet. He won't be ready for a couple of years. Um, okay. Should we do our untouchable player? Or save it for tomorrow? Or we I get have to the a position player and a pitcher. Maybe we just do one of okay. them. Okay. You, you do one of those players. Go ahead. Okay. Who is your – you are Eric Neander and X team calls and say, we've got a nice trade package for you, but we want this guy. And you said, nope, he is on our untouchable list. Who is well, that player? This, for this one, not for my position player, but for this one, for like, the pitcher, I am so is, not, it, is this your number one guy? Uh, yes. I, okay. Yeah, uh, All right. Uh, or uh, can I say 1A, 1B? Okay. Maybe? That works. Because you know, I'm, I'm not going to – for this guy, I'm not going to use the words think or maybe. I'm going to use what Ray's GM, Eric Neander, has gone on record saying about him, and that's about Charlie Morton. He's, he's, here's the quote I'm referring to. I don't think Charlie's going anywhere. Maybe like 99.999%. I fully expect expect him to be here next year under virtually any circumstance. So you're not going to find a clearer statement uh, than that, talking about the future yeah. of a player 
And that makes sense given where Charlie is in his career. 36 years old. He chose Tampa Bay primarily mm-hmm. because his home is less than an hour away in Bradenton with his wife and kids. They say baseball is a business, but in I think the, the, times, I would say, yes, it's yes. a business. But this, I think, is the outlier. And I think that's uh, – no, not I think. I know that he will be with the Rays for the remaining of his contract. Very, very good point. And I would say, okay, if he had – Three more or four more years left on a deal that paid him $15 million a year, I would say based on the race history, yes. But since they only are obligated for this year, then he has what? Is it a player option for the following year? It's a mutual option depending on how many um, innings uh, he's able to – no, no, sorry. How many days on the DL he gets on. The more days on the DL, then the less the payment for 2020. Even then, he has been, even at $15 million for the Rays, he is well far in a way. I mean, he, on the open market, he'd be making 35 mil a year, 30 mil a year, something like that. So I agree with you. That is a very good pick. That is something that not a lot of people think about. Uh, A la Buster Olney, who I think was just throwing crap at the wall to say, hey, he could be a trade possibility. No, Charlie that's Morton will be in a Rays uniform for 2020. I can that's guarantee what happens that. To, that's what happens to baseball writers when it's the dog days of the offseason. They just yeah. have to start throwing stuff at the wall see if it fits as to, to see if it sticks. But that one definitely uh, slid down to the floor. You know why I think crap. Charlie Morton is going to be on the Rays roster? Not just because of his productivity and leadership. And he is the ace for this staff and was – uh, one of the only healthy guys for the Rays yeah. this past season, even at his age. I mean, I think the Rays also sort of made an inference that, okay, we'll let Eric Sogard go. We'll let Travis Darno go. We'll let Ivisel Garcia go. We'll trade Tommy Pham just as a way to make sure we can keep Charlie Morton at the on the roster for $15 million. I think that's a very I, Rays fan way of looking at it and you're probably right it just sucks sometimes to have to do all of those things to just keep Mm -hmm. a pitcher that basically was the third best pitcher in baseball Uh, so or at least in the american league let's uh, let me say that again he was the third best pitcher in the american league and you have to take out four players of a playoff roster in order to keep them it would you know that those are that's another conversation about the budget that we have – the yes. constraints that the race have, but it's a, it's a reality. Yeah. If Okay. If they were in rebuilding – no, they're, the Rays I think are in they're, – they're always keeping an eye to the future. Right. But winning now, this is their window right here. This is – even though you've lost some of those guys, Charlie Morton, there's a reason he assigned it because you expected to compete for a playoff spot and possibly try to win a World Series title. It's, and who gives you a better chance to win than him? It started a year early. Yes. I, I don't think that they saw 2018 as the beginning of that window. I, I thought the 2018 season, they thought that was happening in 2019. So it, it kind of precipitated on them. Uh, you know, so let's see what 2020 brings. But 2020 should be very exciting uh, with the players that, that are coming back and that they, they have added. But, you know, this is their most untouchable pitcher for sure. And we'll continue this discussion tomorrow. That'll do it for today's show. Remember, you can find us on Twitter at Rays. 
You can also email us at lockedonrays at gmail.com. Again, I'm Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to this show on the podcasting app Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Rays.